0: Welcome to episode 185 of the Mug Podcast, a member of the Odd Pods Media Network. Listen in as we discuss the dark and sometimes weird, true stories in American politics. I'm Tina Jaramillo.
1: And I'm Hillary Dougherty.
0: Hillary, Hello. It is. <laughs> <sighs> Things are not good in Florida. Florida is li- literally burning up. And not just the heat.
1: Go ahead. I don't really have, I have nothing on my list that's anything
0: political, so. I only have, I only have the one thing that drove me insane this week, and that is the Florida DOE Mm. uh, coming out with the curriculum for middle school students that basically is going to be teaching children that slaves benefited from slavery and that they learned skills that were, quote, could be applied for their personal benefit. It's absolutely insane. And my husband and I were talking about it today, and it's not to say that there maybe were a very small percentage of slaves that managed to <laughs> eke, you know, get some money together to go up north to try to free people and do that you know what I mean? Mm. But that's not the majority of the situation. And the fact and the other and the other thing that they are are, are twisting, is that when they talk about mob violence and violence of whites against blacks, that, uh, that the slaves were also violent. Like they, they want to make sure that that's included. And to me, that's insane. It's like, they're not, I mean, they're not reading and what are we supposed to do? Like, I know, like, and we've said this before that people like me and you will talk to our kids and hand them a book, like, Maybe Phyllis Wheatley, maybe Frederick Douglass, who knows. But other families that maybe don't know or don't have access or don't know where to be. What are their kids going to learn? And then they're going to go off to college. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or they're going to walk around the world and like this is what they're going to believe.
1: Or they don't know what's happening in the schools because they're busy. Yeah. Yeah. Like
0: and they're working multiple jobs. Or that's who knows? The case
1: what. that's what's going to happen. That's or, what's going to happen.
0: Or people who are you know our immigrant families who don't know our history. You know what I mean? It to me is, it, I don't even understand how that this is even possible. Of all the things to be focusing on, for education, like this is what they're doing. He is such a dipshit, and such he. All he wants is that presidency so bad that he will destroy everything in his path to get well, it. But who's on this board of education? Like I don't know, I'd why love Why don't to we know. say those
1: names? Because we can we can blame DeSantis yeah. all day long. True. But he's got a lot of people and I mean a lot of elected officials from the state legislature, from his state attorney to his CFO to um the agricultural commissioner to this board of educators, to all the people he's placing in all these pla- in these positions all over the state, in these college positions. He's got a lot of people that are doing his dirty work. Yep. So we can blame DeSantis, but I think that if we really humiliate the people who are doing it, that maybe things would change because this is never going to change. They're doing this for power. They're doing this for money. They should be shamed into
0: never leaving their houses again. Well, I'm looking quickly at, at like the chair and some members here and not one of them, not one of them has any uh, background in education. Right. Well, what are their (laughs) names? It's, um, so the chair is Ben Gibson. He's a partner with and Brown, uh, Tallahassee, so probably a lobbying group. Um, Ryan Petty, vice chair, communications executive, school safety activist, (laughs) Uh, Monisha Brown. Oh, wait, Ryan Petty, his daughter died at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Um, so he's on there. Uh, the director of public affairs and government relations for Walmart. Hmm. Uh, legal assistant um to Cory Bird, Cord Bird, a radiologist, an executive at ATT, and another politician. Manny Diaz so Jr. Business oh and Manny Diaz. <laughs> yeah, he's another bond and paid for. Who also, by the way, sits uh, owns charter
1: schools or works yes. for charter works for charter schools. Yes, so he's actively uh, an his education, job um, commissioner commissioner. Every yeah. his everyday job also is to he he made a, li- a living working for charter schools. Yeah, that actively work against public schools. So,
0: and it's all sounds like um, corporate uh, sh- shills. <laughs> it's all corporate people. <laughs> I mean, it, someone in education. Someone with why? some experience, why of would education. Why would Why would you? I why mean, would that make any sense? On a board? I don't know. Fucking ridiculous. Oh my god, I, I can't know. even take it. I can't even fucking take it.
1: Uh, again, I said this to Tina before we started. Uh, I'm already up to here with my own shit, like with my house and my insurance and all that. I I can't even. I would love to be upset about this. It's awful. It's terrible. Eh. like and that is the first time I've done that in since Trump was elected because I can't give a fuck about this shit anymore I can't give I can't care about it I'd love to but I can't and I'm like 90% of parents in the state of Florida right now yeah who are struggling and can't trying to keep a roof over their head trying to fucking make money to afford to live here trying to put food on the table trying to pay my fucking bills because they have taking their eye off the ball purposely so that we can't afford to live here anymore and make it a state where you have nowhere to turn. So am I going to care about slavery being taught to my kids? Absolutely not. I'm not going to fucking care about it. I'm not right. I can't, I can't do it, but that's my daughter's going to high school. My son's in a private school. I'm out. Like, I know that sounds crazy and I should actually care about your children and someone's children down the street. I can't do it. And, and, and again, like I said, a couple weeks ago, we did all of this. We tried all of it. We were active. We were doing in the community trying to make change. And this is where we are. Slavery's being banned. What the fuck does activism even do? Tell me what it fucking does except make that person feel good. Tell me what it fucking does. I'm fucking at a loss because it doesn't do this. It's gonna get a million abortion petition signed. We've reached we reached a half a million abortions. Just get abortion on the ballot and make it legal in the state of Florida in a safe and we've got a half a million signed. That's humongous. That's activism. Yeah. We're gonna get to a million. It is gonna happen. Right. But, but what happens after what the fuck yeah. happens when it goes to Tallahassee? Yeah. Nobody's talking about that nobody is talking about that everybody's just like let's get them all signed yes 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 i'm here for it it'll go on the ballot it will pass what's our plan for when it goes to tallahassee because you can't get all those people on a bus to go to tallahassee no one's going to show up in tallahassee it's easy to sign a a petition and walk away but how do we get those people to push back when when their choice is taken away from them right their choice to make it legal We're in bad, bad place here, and and we can't activate anybody. People are fucking dying out here, man. Yeah. Oh, I'm in. I'm not in a a happy mood for the podcast today. I'm like not in a place to like do this. It's I'm so frustrated and annoyed and trying to find things to like be excited about, but the state of Florida ain't one of them. It's not. And I know that uh, Senator Pizzo and Senator Book are hosting, like on Facebook, they're going to host these live events that are talking about the insurance crisis, what you can do, resources available. We should all go check that out. I'll look at the dates before we, I'll say them at the end, but I think that it's really important that Democrats start running and talking about these issues and offering some sort of light at the end of the tunnel, some sort of hope. With this, we got to do something. We have to do something about this. I mean, and really at the end of the day, what are they going to do? Can they force companies to stay? I mean, no. these, these are the companies that are leaving. They're leaving
0: for well, a I think the state though has an obligation yes. to have to insure. They have to. What, let's it's, work it, on it, citizens, it, the yeah. insurance company of the state. Um And I don't know. I mean, the banks, obviously, they, they want to protect their investments. Right. So that's why you have to have insurance so if you're you don't have your mortgage you could go okay well i'm not gonna have insurance and like roll the dice and because it's probably i think we talked about it last week it's probably cheaper in the end to save up for a few years and replace your roof than to be paying into an insurance company that's going to tell you to go fuck off when yeah. you go out try to put in a claim you know what i mean yeah um but for people who have mortgages <sighs> it's it's nuts between the mortgage and the property insurance and everything is just going up and up and up and up and up but salaries are staying the same. You know right. what I mean? Like there's no growth. And then you have a, a nut job governor who is stifling growth because people aren't coming into the state. You know what I mean? Like our economy, like I'm just waiting for everything to crash in the state. I, and then he gets to stay on as governor because we know he's going to tank his stupid election and then we're going to be stuck with him. Yeah. Unlike anybody else, they have to resign their seat and we could have someone else. Yeah. But this guy...
1: No, he's not. You're not taking that seat away from him. No, because he knows he's going to lose. I don't think like ever. I don't think we're ever getting that seat away from him. I think he's going to be there for like a super long time. I'm serious. I you think he's going to try to
0: change the rules? Yes.
1: Why wouldn't we think that? Why wouldn't we think he'd be like, give me a third term? Unless the legislature's like, I mean, I really don't know how much they actually like him. They're taking a lot of fucking heat right now because of all of the stuff they've done for him. Rightfully so. They should be taking all the heat. Um, a lot of them are hiding and not coming out. But that that Speaker Renner, the guy who was the last speaker of the House in this last session, he wrote a whole op-ed for the in the newspaper that was mo- one of the most outrageous pieces of writings writing I've ever seen. Ever seen. About how saying Dems should not be blaming Republicans for the insurance crisis. Who else <laughs> are we supposed to blame, sir? You've I been know, in charge. Yeah, it's for 40, all of you. Yeah, for <laughs> like 20 years, this market's been going down. And under DeSantis, it's gone up 200%. 200% people are seeing their policies jump. That is directly under your. Legis- like your, your leadership. leadership and his leadership. The buck stops here, right? Why? So you want to yell at Democrats for pointing the finger at you? I'm sorry. At what point do we start taking responsibility? You want everybody else to take the responsibility? You want everybody else to pull themselves up from their bootstraps? When the fuck are you going to do that? You have an obligation to the people of the state of Florida. What's the deal? What's the deal? And now we got a governor. He's such a fucking joke. He wants to go sue Bud Light.
0: <laughs> it's what came out this week i know it's so stupid we're gonna sue bud like, light let's let's go waste. with my money it's so it's so old it's tired it's nobody he's got cares got nobody he's got cares anymore <laughs> we're at the end of the show and he's trying to pull out <laughs> dust at this point like oh nothing's my happening God.
1: i read today that less than one out of four women approve of desantis less than one i was like what's less than one less than one out of four i was like what is that
0: number that makes me happy though i mean it's crazy
1: (laughs) it's a crazy thing especially when you consider that women outvote.
0: they'll outvote everybody else you know what this loser i i i have the the seminar dates um oh great great, um, great. yeah uh, lauren book and senator uh, pizzo and it will be it's a three interactive three-part series Starting at 6 p.m. Wednesday, July 26th, live on the uh, Facebook page, and that's the Facebook page of the Florida Senate Democratic Caucus. And then the next date, um, and it's going to be Homeowners Insurance 101, um, and then Thursday, August 17th at 6 p.m., and then 6 p.m. August 22nd. Mm. So uh, insurance crisis, is there an end in sight is the second one and your tax dollars at work, state resources. So hopefully maybe within there, that there can be some yeah, what I, relief, some yes, programs, yes, something. Yes. Um, and even maybe like local property appraiser, like we know people down there, like there has to be a way that we can get more information and, and, and find ways to alleviate. Yeah. Um, I, what this I don't, pressure. Yeah, I don't
1: want to get on there and hear. Oh well, DeSantis. Uh, please no. stop. Tell me what I can do. Help yes. me. Help me. So don't blame. Just like Renner shouldn't be putting 40, at right. DeSantis, uh, De- Democrats. Please, just please, you you
0: uh,
1: idiots, get together and figure this fuck the fuck out. Yeah. So I, I went to dinner the other night, and this older woman. She's probably I'm gonna say late fifties came to the table and she was writing something out. She was like, Oh, I wrote this down. I'm so tired. Uh, this is my second job of the day. She gets up at five o'clock every morning. She works two fucking jobs. Second one is a waitress. And I, I, I know that this is a reality for more people than you can imagine. And that's the kind of person who needs to help. That's the kind of person who's not going to know about the slavery. No, she is. She's too busy. She's working. She's going to bed. She's getting up. She's working just to like keep, keep, her head above water and those are the people that the legislature and the governor are supposed to be working for and they're not and they're not and if they don't they don't even try to hide it It's corporate greed corporate donations PAC, building up their packs illegally transferring money out of packs oh it's it's nonsense it's absolute fucking nonsense and i don't think it's going to end well for him he's definitely not going to be nominated at this point i mean and no. I, I think he'll be laughed the fuck out of here I can't wait. He's not going down as one of our best governors. <laughs> that's for fucking sure. Um, Barbenheimer huh. is this weekend. So by the time this comes out, I would have seen, well, I definitely would have seen Oppenheimer. I, I, I can't go see Barbie the next day because I am going to see Jinx Monsoon, who is oh. my favorite drag queen of all time. I completely forgot about this. Is it like that- a bingo? No. No. Bingo.
0: Oh, I thought that it was a bingo drag. No. No,
1: no, no so jinx monsoon is a huge 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 drag star she just was on broadway in chicago and uh, she's my favorite drag queen ever and so justin and nikki are going our oh. friends justin and nikki and when it was announced that she was coming like six months ago nikki's like we need to go i'm like yay and then justin texted today and he's like this is monday and i was like oh i'm so excited i completely forgot so i can't go oh. to barbie next day but i am going to see barbie during the week at some yes. point but I'm so excited it. about It's still Oppenheimer. Barbenheimer. Give me Sir, a break. It's still Barbenheimer.
0: I've been hearing like so much stuff with Oppenheimer. Like a lot of like like people yes. coming up angry. And um, I saw stuff about um, that there was a school near the area mm. where they, you know, did the Trinity test. Yeah. And that 17 or something out of the 18 girls there like had leukemia.
1: See, you, you were asking me that. Remember, yeah. like, what about happened in the area? Yeah. Same thing. And also. And it's like that's so, you know. Yeah. You never, yeah. You never know. And also, they show, like, everything. They show the struggle that he had and, and how determined he was. I, he has got to be one of the most fascinating people we've ever talked about on the show. I'm
0: curious to see the movie, yeah. you know, oh in God. three months um <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah whatever comes on like you know whatever. That's
0: how, this is that's how uh what's his name
1: Christopher Nolan intended for Tina to watch on her phone she's yeah. running she's running down the road watching Oppenheimer on her phone oh my god um, so, <laughs> uh, one of my favorite singers ever died today Tony Bennett oh Tony away. Bennett
0: I know I love this. did your family like Tony Bennett my whole family chat was blowing up about oh, Tony Bennett fuck, you can't take it I love him
1: I love those big band jazz records that that's got to be one of my favorite genres of music. My ever. son
0: is into the jazz. Like yeah. when I, if he's like hanging out at my mom's house and I go over, he's got jazz. Playing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm like, what do you do? I, I fucking love it. But he but, would, did, <laughs> he did albums with count Basie and they're so fucking good. I, I, I'm a huge Tony Bennett fan. And I knew he had like Alzheimer's towards the end of his life. So there was moments that he just wasn't there. Oh, I know that's, that's, that's such a, really, a shame. Yeah. So sad.
0: Oh my God. And he was, I think 96. In yeah. That's incredible because when i saw like his date of birth i was like geez you know like plus, 1926 plus, or something plus, i was like my god
1: he was an accomplished painter like he would paint and he would sit in central park and like paint all day like he was this really talented guy i didn't know that yeah i love his voice
0: oh, oh god it's a shame it's a shame
1: um the last thing is i wanted to tell everybody about when i met tina's parents last week oh weekend. my
0: god <laughs> it did not
1: disappoint first of all first of all i should have started with this i would have been in a much better mood (laughs) they're adorable they're adorable they're adorable oh my god they remind me of my parents where people they get to that age and they're just like they're uh one thing you know what i mean you could tell that they know each other for a long time so at one point it starts raining at the yard sale outside and tina goes outside and then she goes daddy tell hillary stories about when you uh. were younger <laughs> i was like oh <laughs> and i got to hear a lot of stories Aww. about all the things he would do when he was younger he told me great jokes yeah. i was laughing a lot and then his her mom was adorable and so sweet and then we had lunch together which was fantastic was so good and um then tina's dad this is i gotta tell you i find this fast you know you're like such a part of your family, like you have so many, like the making of the clothes that oh. your great grandfather was a tailor, or your great, oh. yeah, your great grandfather was no, a tailor. my my grandfather, your grandfather was yeah. a tailor. You know, like all of these things, the cooking, the all of those things that you do. This is all from your
0: from yeah. your family. It's crazy. It's crazy. I know the crocheting. Yes. All that, yeah.
1: Making everything.
0: The Baking. Yeah making the song
1: yeah at one point her mom was sitting next to me she started singing a song and i was like oh my god I'm like, this is some crazy shit over here this is so. and i took an adorable picture the- tina as a little girl was one of the most adorable babies i've no. ever oh my seen god. i've ever it's seen not, her eyes were true. like this big and she was just these big beautiful happy cheeks oh no. my god tina Little baby tina so cute <laughs> love it I was, was I was fun. very happy. It was fun. My I dad, think, well, think, my dad loves you. Yeah, I was going to say I think uh, I think I did good over yes. here. I think I did. He already good. wants her to come to
0: dinner yeah. and, you know. Yeah. So. And of course,
1: <laughs> we got to make sure what about your cousin? Is your cousin going to be at the dinner? Oh, I think he could come. Yeah, we'll have your cousin come over. <laughs> It'll be a little reunion of everybody. <laughs> oh my god. Once upon a time. Boring. It was the best of times. It was the worst. You got that right. What's your problem? We want new stories. Hi, it's Frankie. And Garrett. And we host the Ever Trending Story, a weekly podcast where we bring to life a fictional story created by our own minds and some of the hottest, craziest trends from the internet. Find us wherever you download podcasts and be sure to join the fun on social media at evertrendingpod. So I have a good story today. Oh. I'm actually pretty proud of it. <gasps> pretty happy so I I, it starts out kind of sad so I watched or I saw this you know working class history which is a podcast yeah I love working class me too I follow them on Instagram and the story had come up this week and I was like god I know I've seen this story before and it's really sad and I'll tell you about that in the beginning and then I really got me interested in the history of where this all started and what does this mean and so I am going to cover punk rock versus Nazis.
0: What? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Let's go. Let me tell you something. I had, let's go. I had so (laughs) much fun
1: doing there. She's singing by the way. I don't know if you noticed, but that was singing. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) No, never stop. So I had so much fun doing this and I learned a lot and we're going to come out of this hating uh, people. Oh, good. A certain uh, artist is, in particular we're oh. going to be really angry at. Okay. Okay. Oh, so, shit. And then this morning, there's a great documentary called White uh, Riot, and it's all about this movement. And so it's on Amazon Prime. I don't know if you can find yeah. it somewhere else, but it's like $2 to rent on Amazon. I highly recommend it. It's incredible. Oh. So, okay. So let me start okay. with this very sad story. It's the murder of two young men in Las Vegas um, in the 90s, and so... The first young man's name was Daniel Shursty. He was born in Florida. He lived here for most of his life and he was a little bit shy, but he was well liked at his school and took part in activities such as school plays and the marching band. His IQ was tested in his junior year of high school. And while his score was in the top 2% for his age, his family's financial situation meant that Shursty was unable to pay for college. So he joins the air force, right? To pay for school. So he moved to Las Vegas to pick up his post at Nellis air force base. And it was here that, Shirsty befriended Lynn Newborn, a prominent Las Vegas anti-racist activist and became deeply involved in the area's anti-racist skinhead punk rock scene wow i love this so there is a great article by linda edwards for the orlando weekly from june 17th 1999 where i got a lot of this information about the boys um according to daniel's friends they said quote he didn't hang out on the base a lot he hung out on the scene in las vegas and he made friends in the local punk skateboard and snowboard community
0: i love this that he's this military dude but he's like yeah partying yeah okay
1: so many of the people who were also part of the group were known as the Las Vegas United Skins.
0: Now, but I, not, always, but thought, I always thought skinheads are Nazis.
1: Right. That's actually not like it's a thing. Yeah. But it's not how it's. Because you think like started. American History
0: X and, yeah, and stuff like that. But that's not
1: how skinheads started, which is oh. fascinating to me. All of this is so fucking fascinating to me because it's a it's a subculture that I know nothing about. Like the punk rock scene. I mean, yeah. I like punk music, but it's not—it's never like my scene. So I didn't realize there was all of these different facets and groups of people in, in the scene, right? Okay. So the Las Vegas Unity Skins are anti-racist skinheads who oppose white power skinheads, neo-fascists, and other political racists, particularly if they identify themselves as skinheads. They don't like that. Okay. They reclaim the original multicultural identity of the original skinheads hijacked by white power skinheads. <gasps> So a skinhead or what? skin yeah so this a skinhead or skin is a member of a subculture that originated among working class youths in London in the 1960s Which is where our second part of the story will will occur. So it soon appeared to, so it soon spread to other parts of the United Kingdom with a second working class skinhead movement emerging worldwide in the 1970s. Motivated by social alienation and working class solidarity, skinheads are defined by their close cropped or shaven heads and working class clothing such as Doc Martens and steel toe work boots, braces, high rise and varying lengths of straight leg jeans, button down collar shirts, usually slim fitting in check I or mean, plain. You can see this whole outfit. Totally. You like, see it. You yeah. see it. You see it. Yeah. The movement. And also the girls would do skin skinheads, but how they would do it is they would cut it all really short, except they'd have bangs still. And they'd have like these long side and oh. they'd have a little long piece in the back but the the rest of their head was shaved Ooh. yeah it looked kind of cool but anyway yeah. especially if you're like in the punk scene in the 60s yeah. in london oh, my, oh god. my god so the movement reached a peak at the end of the 1960s experienced and then it experienced a revival in the 1980s and since then has endured multiple contexts worldwide during the early 1980s political affiliations grew in significance and split the subculture demarcating the far right and the far left strands, although many skins describe themselves as apolitical. In Great Britain, the skinhead culture became associated in the public eye with membership of groups such as the far-right National Front and British movement, which are very anti-immigration. And we're going to talk about them. Oh, God. So by the 1990s, neo-Nazi skinhead movements existed all across uh, Europe and in North America, but were counterbalanced by the presence of groups such as skinheads against racial prejudice, which sprung up in response. To this day, the skinhead subculture reflects a broad spectrum of political beliefs, even as many continue to embrace it as a largely apolitical working class movement Mm. okay so lynn newborn who was this other young man was a black skinhead oh which is so crazy to still hear yeah like black skinhead what is what what are you talking about right but if you think about he's part of this anti-racist working class culture and that skate culture and all that yeah Of course. So newborn spent much of his adult life campaigning against racism. He specialized in deprogramming young and newly recruited Nazi skinheads, convincing them that they could be a part of a greater family that didn't discriminate against religion, ethnic background, or sexual orientation. He taught that love and unity were stronger than hatred. Oh, I got goosebumps. And he's adorable. This picture of this kid, he's so, he was so cute. A native of Pomona, California, he lived in Las Vegas where he was a member of the Las Vegas Unity Skins and sang in the band Counterculture, a Las Vegas punk band, and later in a band called If In Life of Lies, which ended around 1996. Um, Okay, so here we go. This is super horrible. So Lynn and Daniel had been lured under pretense of a party and dates by Melissa Hack, and she was the fiance of a Nazi, John (gasps) Butler, and another unidentified woman on the night of July 3rd, 1998. The women met Lynn Newborn while having a piercing at the tribal body piercing where Newborn worked and where Shirsty had been visiting him. So he just happened to be at the tattoo parlor at the same time these women walked in. But they all knew who they were. Like, these yeah. Nazis knew who these guys were. Yeah. But they didn't realize these girls were with Nazis. Oh,
0: no. After the men
1: accepted the invitation, the women mentioned that the, the route to the party was difficult and suggested they meet near an exit of U.S. Highway 95 so the two men could follow them. The ambush came after midnight. Nazis on their website said it was right for a race trader, meaning suresty because he was white, to die on Independence Day.
0: Oh my God. From the
1: footprints, police believed Lynn was grabbed first. Dan threw himself, uh, Suresteve threw himself forward to protect his friend, and he was badly beaten, but the cause of death was a gunshot wound to the (gasps) side of his face. Oh my God. He died as the killers were dragging Lynn away. Uh, On the morning of July 4th, a group of people on um, ATV rides through the desert spotted a body. Police responded to a call about bodies that had been spotted in the desert and found Suresteve's remains. Two days later, on July 6, 1998, police found Newborn's body about 150 yards from where Shursty had been found. He had been shot repeatedly.
0: Oh, my God.
1: So 10 days after his body was discovered, police recovered a thirty two caliber handgun from murder suspect John Butler that was determined to be one uh, used to kill Shursty. but the gun was not tied to Newborn's murder, so it was a different gun, which they oh, never found. Oh, so maybe find. someone
0: else did the other. Probably. Yeah.
1: So he was arrested and found guilty, and he was sentenced to death. He was allegedly the leader of a group called the Independent Nazi skins. Um, after appealing Butler's death sentence, uh, it was vacated and then he was given four life terms without parole by a jury. Uh, the so Neva- they got rid of the death penalty, but he still stayed he's in still jail. jail. Okay. The Nevada Supreme Court rejected the appeal of John Butler in February of 2010. He is registered with the Las uh, Vegas Police Department as a gang unit as a white supremacist and he is currently serving time at the High Desert state prison in Nevada. His fiance, so they arrested her, that other girl, and another guy. I mean,
0: they lured him out there. Did they go to jail, the girls? No, because
1: the (gasps) other guy was this Melissa's brother. So the girl, him and the other girl, they were charged, but they couldn't make anything stick, so they were let go. But she was charged with murder, and she was for her part in it, and Melissa was. And on November 10th, 2004, she was found guilty and given 15 years in a federal prison.
0: Wow. It took that long?
1: Yeah, and also- Uh, she was like begging, she was telling the judge, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, please don't hate me. And he's like, I don't hate you, I hate this crime, like what you did, what you participated in, what you represent. Please
0: don't hate me. Yeah, you're a jerk.
1: Girl. So all of, this is terrible, this is awful, but I saw a black skinhead and I was like, what the hell is going on? What is this? And so I wanted to talk about how, uh, punk rock music which I knew because uh of there's so many punk rock songs that are anti-fascist anti-racist yeah, That yeah. I'm like how did this come about in this scene so I want to talk about that yes I think it's awesome it. let's do it so the movement grew out of the mid-70s in the UK the national front political party was far right uh far right and fascist as fuck their whole motivation was to stop immigration into the UK and to keep it as white as possible and and to actually like round up immigrants and throw them out of the country. The politicians were saying this. And it's very similar to like Brexit and like all of these things that are said today over in in the UK. Well, and over here. Same, yeah. MAGA, that kind (laughs) of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, Rock Against Racism was founded in 1976 by Red Saunders, Roger Huddle, Joe Rufford, Pete Bruno. And they called it Rock Against Racism uh, because it was this political and cultural movement, right? They're gonna use music to pull people together and make a statement, right? Because they knew the national front was trying to go after the youth. Yeah, well, That's who is. they were going to. They were passing out flyers at schools.
0: Oh my they God. were going, you know
1: what I mean? And so to the, of the white kids, of course, obviously. And then they were doing the same thing except to all schools. And so, and there, there was a, in the documentary, there was a little black boy at the school and he was reading the flyer and he was like, Aww. this sounds great. Like he was Aww. so excited about it. <laughs> Oh, my God. It's just such a good documentary. So between 1976 and 1982, uh, Rock Against Racism activists organized national carnivals and tours as well as local gigs and clubs throughout the country. They brought together black and white fans and the common love of music in order to discourage young people from embracing racism. The musicians came from pop music genres, something reflected in one of their slogans, which is like reggae, soul, rock and roll, jazz, funk, and and punk. And reggae music was huge there at the time because they I think they were saying like in the '60s, all the the British Empire was like bringing everybody from their col- you know, all their colonies. Yeah. They were welcoming them in, welcoming them in, and the British were fucking not having it. Like the white british people you know they didn't like it so there was a huge this beautiful like community of artists and music that was happening um so to come together this way just seemed like such a a smart idea you know yeah so the movement was founded in part as a response to racist statements by rock musicians such as eric clapton Uh, and david bowie
0: david bowie Um, bruh David Bowie. But first of all, we all know Eric okay, Clapton. Eric, a I shit, mean, right? Eric Clapton. We know he's
1: a piece of shit. Listen. I didn't realize it went by back this far. I did Like, didn't either. he's out of
0: fucking control. Well, yeah, and he's a little cuckoo. But he's David cuckoo. Bowie... David Bowie. It does, this doesn't make sense to me. All right, we'll get let's Does one. he, does he have a day of reckoning? Does he come
1: back? <laughs> yeah, he does.
0: Okay. So God. according
1: to huddle, uh, he said, quote, it remained just an idea about bringing all these people together until August of 1976. When Eric Clapton made a declaration of support for former cons- conservative ma- uh, minister Enoch Powell, who is known for his anti-immigration rivers of blood speech. And uh, he made this announcement at this concert in Birmingham. Clapton told the crowd that England, quote, had become overcrowded and that they should vote for Powell to stop Britain from becoming, quote, a black colony, end quote
0: wow eric clapton this Bruh. is in the 1970s 1976 and then somehow he still becomes popular in the 80s and people yeah. are playing him on mtv Can you fucking and believe records this? and I, all I this i thought shit. the same thing i
1: was like tears in I heaven i can't believe are you fucking kidding me tears in motherfucking heaven wow yeah oh fuck you bro wow Ooh. plus he's anti-covid like vaccines like he's a like nut he's, job. he's a nut still i thought it, i thought that was crazy i didn't right. realize that we've been working yeah. on crazy i really and by thought the way, i thought
0: that he was like you know he's old you know, yeah. sometimes they get, people get old and they get a little cuckoo conservative in their yeah. old age. I thought it was something like that. So he also told the audience that Britain should, quote, get the foreigners
1: out, get the wogs out, get the coons out, <gasps> end quote. And then he repeatedly shouted the National Front slogan, quote, Keep Britain white. End
0: quote. This is Eric Clapton. Eric motherfucking Clapton. Why, Eric Clapton? Who, why, are, why, why did the music industry even give him a fucking album after but here, this? Gets,
1: let's 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 step back for a second. This is Eric Clapton who has embraced blues guitar. Right, right. He's a great blues yeah, guitarist. He stole everything. That Music came from slaves. It came from the black churches in the south. Like, are you kidding me? And he's saying, "Get the coons out!" What? You made millions and millions of dollars based on that with that music. Uh, Yeah. Next to BB, motherfucking King. That's disgusting. Okay, Eric Clapton. You. Why did
0: anybody even go on stage with him? Yeah. Or you know, uh, associate with him? It's crazy.
1: It's crazy. So, well, it reminds me, maybe he apologized over and over again. Who the fuck knows? Who the fuck knows? But I know this. Like, it's another one, like Robert Kennedy, right, Jr. He's saying all these crazy things, and then he gets in front of the... the our, our wonderful Congress calls him for a fucking session or whatever. And he's standing there and Debbie Wasserman Schultz reads him the fucking riot act and reads all of his quotes. And he's like, that was taken out of context. That was, she goes, you know, it'd be one thing. if It was a one-off, <laughs> but you say all these things and you're like, sorry, then you yeah. say something about the Holocaust. Yeah, and you're like, spoiled,
0: sorry. spoiled little rich yeah. boy.
1: Sorry. Then he says something about Jews. Sorry. You can't keep doing it. Just take, just, just like claim who you are, bro. Yeah. Just claim it. Just disappear. Same thing with this guy.
0: My yeah. god, nobody your, cares about yeah, you. Yeah, take your money and go get fucked. So desperate. <laughs> these desperate men. Yeah. Oh my
1: god. So because of these comments, these all these guys who are friends start writing to magazines and they're like this is crazy and so you know there's no social media there's I was no gonna say like it's, no it's TV, not, yeah. like you know what i mean like there's no cancel friends. culture yeah so they would write into newspapers and say like with these quotes like how are we supporting like this is not somebody who we should be supporting so they all came together and and created this group they and they here's the other part they claim that there were the the thing that was the most disgusting is that he ended this whole charade of him spouting this by then for like the first time Doing a cover of Bob Marley's "I Shot the Sheriff," Wh- that, what at that concert? He said all these things, and then he played Bob Marley's "I Shot the Sheriff."
0: Okay, <laughs> right. I actually know that. Randy, I, I've yeah, heard,
1: of course. his version of that. Yeah,
0: it's famous. Yeah, he's a piece of and shit. And that's his like mia culpa, like, hey, no, my olive branch. Was- or he's just like, no, whatever, I'm he's stealing. Like, no, yeah. I'm just gonna keep doing what I'm doing. Yes. And he has no fucking brain cells to make a connection. No.
1: Nice. No, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. It's a giant, fuck you. I can do whatever wow. I want. I can say whatever I want and I can do whatever I want. Wow. We gotta, you know, this is when cancel culture really should have come into play because a lot of these rock stars were fucking 13 year olds. I mean, yeah. uh, hello, uh, Steven Tyler. Uh, So at this time, other well-known rock musicians uh, uh, also made inflammatory statements, including David Bowie, who expressed support for fascism and admiration for Adolf Hitler in interviews with Playboy, NME, and a Swedish publication. What? Bowie was quoted as saying, quote, I think Britain could benefit from a fascist leader. After all, fascism is really nationalism. And I believe very strongly in fascism. People have always responded with greater efficiency under a regimental leadership, end quote. He was also quoted as saying, quote, Adolf Hitler was one of the first rock stars and quote, you've got to have an extreme right front come up and sweep everything off its feet and tidy everything up, end quote. Bowie later expressed regret and shame for these statements, blaming them on a combination of an obsession with occultism and Friedrich Nietzsche, Oh, Nietzsche! Yeah, as well as his excessive drug use at the time. Mm. He said, quote, I've made my two or three glib theatrical observations on English society and the only thing I can now counter with it is to state that I am not a fascist, end quote. By the 1980s, Bowie's public statements and imagery in his art had shifted towards anti-racism and anti-fascism. In an interview with MTV anchor Mark Goodman in 1983, Bowie aggressively criticized the channel for not providing enough coverage of black musicians.
0: (laughs) I mean, I'm glad he turned it around. Yeah. But those are some outrageous statements. Also- Outrageous statements. Also in the movie-
1: the, one of the guys who started all of this was like, he's like, I was a huge Rod Stewart fan, like obsessed. I had all his albums. And then Rod Stewart made a statement also that was like, we need to keep Britain the way Britain is and not let people come and live in our home. that can't live in our country. And then he says, and the, did you know, right, when he put this statement out, he had just moved to Los Angeles. Stupid bitch. <laughs> like, stupid cunt or something. And it was yeah. so fucking funny. He's like, I, he said... I had to get rid of all my albums. It's a shame. I
0: really love that music.
1: <laughs> like, oh my
0: god, it was so it just fucking funny. Makes so, it better yeah. with an English accent. It does.
1: Um, so. um Rod Stewart too. Yeah, so Rod they Stewart. all suck. Yeah. They all suck. Yeah, Great. who also went on to fame in the eighties after Yeah.
0: All oh my god. I know. So
1: the first uh, Ra- Rock Against Racism gig took place at the Princess Alice pub in Forest Gate in London's East End in November 1976. Carol Grimes and Matumbi were the main acts. They would have black and white um, artists and then they'd gig They or they'd uh, jam at the end. So at the end of the gig, the bands took part in a jam, something that was what was to become a signature of their gigs at the time when it was still rare for black and white musicians to perform together. In the same year, they launched its revolutionary fanzine called Temporary Hoarding, and it went on to produce 15 issues over the next five years. Incredible. I would
0: love to have one of those magazines. I mean, they kept
1: showing them in the movie. Wouldn't that be awesome to find like that? They were showing them in the movie, and they were like incredible articles, writing about all kinds of things that people weren't even talking about. It was, it was amazing. So my, by 1977, local groups were springing up all over the country, including Leeds, Birmingham, Manchester, Hull, Newcastle, Edinburgh, Glasgow, Belfast, Sheffield, Cardiff, Swansea, Bristol, and across London. Eventually, there were more than 200 throughout, located throughout the UK and across the globe. Several uh, Rock Against Racism groups started in the United States. I love that. From New York to Chicago. They were also in Ireland, France, Belgium, Sweden, the Netherlands, Germany, Norway, Denmark, South Africa, and Australia. Um, With support from the movement growing in 1978, they organized two national carnivals in London in conjunction with the Anti-Nazi League to counteract the rising number of racist attacks in the UK. Oh my Um, God. It's incredible. And the movie is so good because it ends with this big carnival that they have. And a carnival is just like they're all walking and marching to the park where the where the where the show is and they all arrive together it's just and they have their flags i don't know it's just so fucking good and it's like punk rockers and it's black people and young kids and families and i don't know sounds amazing
0: sounds amazing
1: yeah so on April 30th, 1978, 100,000 people marched six miles from Travlocar Square to the east end of London, uh, which was a national front hotspot uh, for an open air concert at Victoria Park in Hackney. The concert featured The Clash, yes. Steel Pulse, Tom oh, Robinson Steel Band. Steel Pulse. I so love Steel good. Pulse. Yeah. Tom Robinson Band, X-Ray Specs, Misty and Roots, Jimmy Percy, who was from Sham 69, and Patrick Fitzgerald. Uh, The second carnival was on September 24th, and a similar number of people marched from Hyde Park crossing the Thames River until they arrived at Brockwell Park in Brixton for a concert featuring Oswald, Elvis Costello, Uh and Stiff Little Fingers. Amazing. Wow. Yeah. Good for them. I mean, it's incredible. Good for them. And I think it's also, like, they were young, and just, they were tired of watching what they were seeing, because... You know it was it was a very class thing. So it's like you can't these these kids were being turned away from jobs. They couldn't find jobs. They were struggling and now now we're going to come in and blame black people when their working class friends are black people, right? Yeah. Like they all live together and then here are these whites coming in trying to tell them something and they just couldn't fucking stand it. I loved it. And there were skinheads in this. This was like real anti-racist skin wild they were skin skinhead- working class they just had a style I guess yeah. you know shave no heads I love and it. look a I love way. It. it's incredible so I also wanted to mention some American bands who also are punk bands that are anti yes um, so a great quote that I read in a GQ, GQ article that was called Nazi punks fuck off how black flag uh, oh, bad black brains flag. and oh. more took back their scene from the white supremacists. Henry, Henry Rollins, Rollins doesn't say black flag. <laughs> Henry Rollins of black flag, <laughs> flag said this. This is one of my favorite quotes. And I think that you'll appreciate it. You ever it. see
0: Henry Rollins? No. Oh. I good? saw him do his poetry. Remember oh, his poetry? My God. I went and saw yes. him do his poetry. Hey, it was okay. Yeah. (laughs) Tina's a bit of a (laughs) critic. So uh,
1: this is a great quote. Quote, in the black flag days, we had skinhead problems in the lower half of America, Florida especially. Oh my God. One night in 1986, (gasps) they mugged our sound man, kicked his head (gasps) and cut the lines to our PA. The cops came, shut the show down and told us we were the problem. And we had an hour. uh, (laughs) We had an hour to get out of their county line, to get on the other side of the county. The skinheads were standing behind them, flipping us off, end quote. Of course, because- Florida. And also-
0: Because Florida, that's it.
1: And the cops were part of the National Front music uh, (laughs) movement in the UK. They were right by those guys protecting all the National Front movement. And here they are protecting skinheads in Florida. Nice. You make the connection. (laughs) Nice. And also, of course, we have the Dead Kennedys from San Francisco. the Dead Kennedys. Who released the amazing song Nazi Punks Fuck Off in November 1981. And the single included a free armband with a crossed out swastika on it.
0: Yes. This (laughs) is the stuff like that I would love to find in like a thrift store somewhere, like just some, you know, wouldn't that be like the best find? I mean, it's probably on eBay, maybe.
1: Probably. So the uh, inspiration... Okay, so this is, the, that design was later adopted as a symbol for the anti-racist punk movement, movement called Anti-Racist Action. And also, I have a shirt that is from Anti-Hate Adventure Boys. Ooh! And it's got a picture of the Dead Kennedys. And, and it's fra- it's the Nazi punks fuck yeah. off shirt. So I fucking love that shirt. Um, there's a super amazing LA teen punk band. They're all girls. They're called the Linda Lindas. They oh. put out a song in 2021 mm-hmm. called Racist Sexist Boy um and three of the members of the group are of asian descent and the singer talks about her experience on the playground where as like a 10 year old or 11 year old where a white boy came up to her and said my dad said i can't play with chinese people and she was like well i'm chinese and then he like walked away from her and she wrote the song it's such a good song i'm gonna link all of this shit to this story so um also there's a fantastic pitchfork um article called um the anti anti-fascist punk songs from around the world and it's nine <gasps> bands it's incredible there's a song from um sweden i think and it's men it's male like punk rock bands singing about abortion and how it should be legal wow like, fucking crazy you've got songs Let's from south uh, south africa Let's the netherlands go. it's like the way that this message was spreading and how of course musicians translate that it's just so fucking good but like that's what music's always been about it's about a message usually it's about making you feel something make you want to fight for something right. making you love something you this know like is- sad it's just such a good and it's great for inspiration yeah you know anyway
0: oh, that's
1: my story i love it do you well
0: circling back yeah to what you talked about earlier like what does activism do like this is something that active, are you mad at me
1: for saying that no okay
0: no 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 it's true because we don't see it but then sometimes there's movements like this where yes, you see yes, yes something yes. happen for and sure. and i think that what's happening now is we don't have that right we don't have that we don't have i don't think we have an i mean there is like the whole like gen x kids that are doing all the stuff course, yeah or, or the gen z um, Gen X, Gen Z, that's us. Gen X is us. Hey. Um, <laughs> but the Gen Z kids that are, you know, you know. But I, I want to see a revolution of the youth. I don't see how know? else with anything's going to change. Otherwise, everybody. otherwise, like you're right. Like the old people, the middle aged people, they're working. <laughs> they're tired. They're, you know, and it's a shame to have to put it on the backs of the youth. But until the youth like start fighting back, well, like and in movements and protests, yeah, that's what we need to see. Yeah, and, that's what and, we need and, to and see. And in the voting and I, and I, booth. And, in, I, the and voting in the voting booth. booth. But I will, go, I will go march along with whatever, sure. whatever they want oh, to do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you've uh, got what my What a great story.
1: Yeah, and and we saw that in the last election, right? We yeah. saw the youth come out. We saw yeah. the youth turn out. We saw it flip seats. We saw it do a yeah. lot of, of, across the country. So it's really, really important that- We keep know, it up. We gotta keep it up. We gotta keep it up because- I. I mean, they just announced that Trump's trial will be in May of 24. So that's before the election. Oh, so God. that's good because they were trying to fight to get it pushed you know to after um, the election can you imagine that because he thinks he's a target of some bullshit oh my god Uh, also he got a letter that he's a person of like interest for this january 6th or something like he's involved in that he's gonna call for that oh my god he's well he also he
0: also kind of threatened another insurrection oh god with like you know how like people aren't gonna like this you know coming after him nobody cares about you anymore there's a small group that are just (laughs) loud but the rest of the country they don't care about you no, you've spawned I'm someone so even sick worse. sick of these people. You've spawned
1: someone even worse. Oh my god! I mean,
0: just uh, I just want to get back. Yeah. To, I don't even know what I want to get back to. I want to move forward to something where it's just like that we can exist yeah. safely in the world. Yeah. I saw that 19 year old go into jail.
1: Yeah. That 19 year old
0: Nebraska girl. I was going to jail. Else. I know. And was, her mother, potentially five years. It's crazy. And it, I know that there's other details with that case, right? With with what they did afterwards, after she with, aborted. Yes. And I get that. But you're in a state right. where you're pushing a child to have a baby that she doesn't want. Right. And the other thing that's cuckoo is that you can cross state lines and it would have been perfectly legal, yeah. right? If she would have been in a different state. Like that's what's bonkers to me. Yeah, so You're going to put this kid in jail? Was it ninety days? Ninety days. Ninety days. 15. She's gonna go sit, sit in jail. She got I gotta in say, jail. it's it's awful, terrible. Should never. It should
1: never happen. I would if I was the mother. I would do it all over again. You know, she's gonna. I would do it all. They're gonna over put that mother again. in jail for five years potentially. I, I, I listen. It's her daughter. It's her fucking daughter. You don't think I'd be doing shit like that? Fuck you. Here's the other thing about Texas, because I think that was in Texas. It was Nebraska. Nebraska. Okay. It was Nebraska. And she, she was 17, and now here's, she's 19. Here's some here's some like fucked up uh, stats about what's happening in Texas with all their abortion bans. Six weeks, which is what we have.
0: Well, which, which right it's now, a zero ban because yeah. we talk about it it's all the time. You don't ban. even know that you're pregnant, and then if you have any issue with uh, the development, that's well after six weeks. I don't get it. Here, listen to this. Some 2,200
1: infants died in Texas in 2022, an increase of 227 deaths or 11.5% over the previous year, previous year, 227 more babies. Oh my God. Infant deaths caused by severe genetic and birth defects rose by 21.6%. That spike reversed a nearly decade long decline. Between 2014 and 2021, infant deaths had fallen by nearly 15%. And let's not let's not forget that oh this God. isn't just an infant who comes out and like dies. This is a mother suffering. who's carrying the baby. The mother is also suffering. Yeah. The father, whoever's involved, everybody's suffering by watching their child die because they don't have lungs or they don't have a heart or they don't have a or half a brain. Yeah. They have something missing. Do you understand? Who does that? What kind of That's people? what you're doing. You're actually these, these deaths people. are on your hands. Your your whole point was to take save away, the save
0: the but baby. They don't give murder. a shit.
1: Yeah. They don't give a shit. What this woman had to do to give birth.
0: That's not a that's not going to the grocery store. You're bu- like and we've again, I feel like I'm always like we have said it before on the podcast. But, Tina, but women's bodies. Yeah. You're not the same after you have a baby. And not to, but here's the other part. You know you're gonna have a baby who's gonna die within minutes. Why would anyone put someone through that? Why? And they gotta walk every day. Yeah. They have to walk around every people, day. And
1: there's people who 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 have uh I don't know if they do they call it an abortion if they know the baby has a, a defect?
0: Is it called a DNC? What is that called? There is DNC's um I don't know what it's called, but I know you can have a DNC like after an abortion, you know, like it just depends on, cause there can be complications right. and it could be different things, but, but that knowing, is a woman's choice. Yeah, But knowing you have traumatized
1: all of these people, this is lifelong trauma that you are inflicting on human beings because
0: you have some fucking religious bullshit. Right. And these are women walking around where people are like, Oh my yeah. God, congratulations, boy or girl and this. And she knows that her baby's going to die. Let me tell you I something. I would be telling everybody, oh, I don't want this baby. My baby's
1: gonna die within five minutes of having him, but I'm being forced to carry it. Yeah.
0: My God. Go call
1: your congressman because my God. It, it's, it's, a, it's a psychological show. torture. Two hundred and twenty seven oh women my God. had to give birth and watch their babies die. My God. This isn't remember when this first happened and you'd hear one story and you hear yeah. two stories. No, this is in mass now. In one year,
0: 11% increase in one year. And what do we do? We can't do anything, right? Gerrymandering. There's all this stuff that prevents us from, there's a minority in this country that are holding the reins and we can't do anything about it because they've screwed us all over. (sighs) They have the courts. They have the highest court. Oh, they yeah. have the maps. The judiciary, they just, have
1: everything. And the judiciary committee in the, in Congress just voted that they're gonna put, put some um, for the first time ever, put like a checks system for the for the
0: Supreme Court mm. for okay, the first we'll time see. ever. We'll
1: see where they have like like you know. Let's they have see how to, that goes.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'm not gonna hold my breath over here to see what Clarence. Half the court gone. Please. All right. Well, another podcast. I wrote down zero titles. Oh, that's a, that's our title. Zero titles. Zero titles. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: uh, I'm like, I'm beside myself. It's too much. It's too much. What's one thing that's made you happy? When? This week. Did you have anything that made you happy? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just trying to end on a good note. One thing that made me happy, you know I had a rough okay. week. Yeah, I had a I know, rough week. I know, I know, um, I know. Oh, God, Tina, yeah. we're fucking
0: struggling. A bit. We this is are struggle struggling. bus over here. <laughs> struggle bus. Oh, my God. This week was better than last week, though. So I'm thankful for that. That's good. Um, oh, okay, yeah. One thing that made me happy, um, you know, going thrifting with my son. Oh, my nice. oldest loves to go um thrifting. And so my cousin. And, and my oldest, we went to a few thrift stores. He found, he likes to find these old vintage oh, yeah. soccer jerseys. Yeah. I saw some at like Goodwill over there on Oakland Park. And he found one um of a team that he liked. Nice. And, you know, like, and he, you know, was super excited. But we bring it home because, and he's like, well, let me look it up online. And it, it's like selling, like if people who are selling yeah. these old jerseys online, like eBay or whatever, is selling for like 70, 80 bucks. Nice. Yeah. But Dang. he's got a little collection going. Nice. And that's kind of his thing. So that was fun. Yeah. Oh, wait. We did have a really good thing on Sunday night. Oh, we did.
1: Oh. <laughs> Emma had us over for Sunday night dinner oh and we brought God. our kids. <laughs> and uh, it, was, it was so fun. First they, of all, cause <laughs> my daughter was sitting there with all the adults listening to the juice. She got to yeah. hear all the gossip. And on yeah. the way home, she's telling me about, you know, like talking about all of it. Which is funny. <laughs> but then our sons... Our, our two youngest a found a very weird drinking game, and they were laughing and making yeah. each other laugh. Like, oh, these cards, reading the cards. Oh my god, I had so much fun. But my son was entertaining as usual. Yes, I was happy because you Just know hearing I don't, them
0: laugh in the other yeah. room like made me. And happy. I don't really
1: bring <laughs> them to hang out with everybody all the time. I usually yeah. hang out when I don't have the kids. Yeah. So it was it was interesting to see them with everybody. But they had such a
0: good time. They did. Yeah. My kids are like when can we do this again? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, the I, food was good yes. as usual, of course. Uh, oh my god. The food is always yeah. amazing.
1: And I've been watching um cult documentaries with my daughter. Oh, <laughs> she fun. fucking loves them. <gasps> and like now, she, after watching, I think, two in a row, like two full sets, she's like, here's all the ways that this is, you know, something's a cult. Like, they tell you how to dress. They tell you yeah. how to dress, How, <laughs> how that." You know, always someone at the top always ends up
0: being a creep. Like, it's always the same oh thing. Oh, my God. Oh, I so am, good. I'm watching Breaking Bad. Oh, my God. With my oldest. Have you never watched it? I watched, I think I got to, like, the, maybe second season it, one of the kids was born mm. and you know oh, I didn't yeah. DVR anything then I'm like we're, we're gonna record something and so and then you know I'm someone if I miss a few episodes yeah. I'm like I'm out because really I can't like, I gotta know everything that happened oh my and god I can't and so I just threw it by the wayside and my oldest has been like please please, please. I was like all right well, so now like that's what we do at night we stay up late and we watch a few episodes mm, and, and we're we now do. I think we're like midway season two so, but that's been fun. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. But it's mm. fun hanging out with them. Of course. Yeah. I'm enjoying this. That's good. Yeah. Well, is that a good note to end on? Yes. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. If you want to see any photos or take a deeper dive into our stories, please go to our website, www.themuckpodcast.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at the Muck Podcast and on our Twitter at Muck Podcast.
1: To support the Muck Podcast, please visit our Patreon page. We have three levels of support with exclusive content Muckraker, Policy Wonk, or Bleeding Heart. We can't do this without you.